Hey there, my name is Shane Craddock, and this is the Inner Edge podcast, where I share a different take on how to lead and live a sustainable high-performance life. Over the course of different episodes, I'm going to challenge the belief that tension, stress, and struggle are essential to success and creativity. My experience is that there's an easier way, there's a better way, and indeed there's an essential way that we need to explore for the times that we live in. So let's go ahead, let's jump in and explore. Hi there, welcome to today's episode. Um, before I get into the title of it and the uh, and before people start giving out about it and to me, etc., I'll explain it in a second. But I hope wherever you are in the world, whenever you you are listening to this, that you're well. It's raining very heavily here in Wicklow, Ireland, as I record this. There's a, some heavy drops right outside my office window. Um, so I don't know. Hopefully they won't come through in the podcast. But if they do, hey, they just add to the natural sound. Um, I'm kind of back in proper action after a couple of weeks off. Also took some break from watching my diet the way I normally do and exercise and even actually meditation, which is what I'm going to talk about here today. Um, this week kind of properly back into action. And so even as I'm sitting down now, the old glutes, my butt cheeks are quite sore. Should I even be saying this in the podcast? I don't know what any of there you go. It said from exercise um that i did this week and i know my personal trainer joe is going to be listening to this probably laughing um but anyway joe i did the exercise properly and i feel the pain today but it's funny i always think about exercise and muscles and pain that's always good pain you know but certainly i did have to manage my inner voice at the start of this week which was kind of going after whatever three weeks of no exercise yeah don't really need to do it don't want to do it shane don't bother doing it do it do it next week do it next month anyway Managed to get around the inner voice, did the exercise, feel better for it, but the body's a little bit sore. Um, but isn't that the nature of growth? Anyway, um, today's episode, the working title on it is, at the moment anyways, mindfulness and meditation are just aspirin. What the hell do you mean by that, Shane? So <clears throat> before people every before people start flipping out and sending me emails and notes about giving out to me about why you're saying this about mindfulness and meditation, aspirin is very useful. Okay, so let's not forget that. Aspirin is very useful. It's very good for, you know, removing a headache, essentially removing pain. But for most people, in my experience, mindfulness and meditation, they're really focusing on the effect level, not at the cause level. And that's kind of what I want to explore a little bit today. You know, and just for transparency, like I, I hold and run meditation for many clients. Um, all of my private clients will get personalized um, audios, relaxation audios um, in different contexts. Some of them have got programming around their goals or different changes of behavior. I find them all very useful. Um, but in my experience, most people, I think, missed the point of meditation. And I think I did, actually, honestly, for many, many years. And that's just what I want to share with you and just see what you think. Um, and I think at the core of it is, is this point. Mindfulness and meditation are seen as acts, things that you do. But the they're not really acts. What they really are is a way of being, is a way of being. And if somebody genuinely gets that, and which there are many people who get that, um, the, the, you know, they can be very, very powerful and useful. Um, but I, I don't think most people go deep enough. Now, my earliest memory of meditation was when I was around maybe 11 or 12 um, at home with my parents in Kilkenny, Ireland. And I found uh, a couple of books that my dad had one of them was about a thing called Transcendental Meditation, which I thought, wow, what, what, what a title. 
Um, <laughs> and I read a little bit of that book, not the whole thing, but I was curious about it. I never really talked to dad about it. So I don't think even he knows this, even if he's listening to this podcast, that'll probably be the first time he hears this. And then the second book that he also had was called The Secrets of Relaxation by a lady called Marianne Kohler. And I read more of that book because I thought it was more accessible. Now, ironically, I didn't really do much around meditation or relaxation, probably for another, I don't know, 15 years, kind of post breakdown when I went, okay, I need to do something to look after myself here. But certainly I think seeds were sown. And I think even the reason I'm doing this podcast today is because I was talking with somebody recently who also listened to the podcast who said to me, you know, I, I know I should be meditating more and I know I should be doing this, that, and the other to do with the mind. And I stopped them and I said, no, you don't actually. Which kind of stopped them in their tracks. I know it confused them a little bit and I just thought, you know, I'm going to record this audio um, as much as for you, if you're listening to this, but also because I know other people will have similar things in their mind about it. Um, but just for the record, I know a lot of great people who meditate, but I also know a lot of great people who don't meditate. I also know a lot of a-holes who meditate and I know a lot of a-holes who don't meditate. So <laughs> meditation doesn't make you become this super cool genius. In fact, it can actually very often build your ego because you get this air of superiority. Oh, you know, I meditate uh, you know, twice a day, X times a week, and I do this, that, and the other. And without realizing it, you build up your ego of superiority, which actually is a problem. And I know a lot of people in meditation who are like that. So, um, and I also know people who don't know anything about meditation, no interest, but actually they're fantastic examples of what it means to be a human being, what it means to be present, to be a black belt listener, you know? So I'm not saying again, that meditation mindfulness don't have any value because they do, they have a lot of value. But I do think that most people, like why do they get into it? They go into it probably because of some level of inner pain, there's stress, or there's confusion, or they feel lost, but there's a level of pain. And um, they've heard from somebody, or it's all over the internet, oh, meditation, mindfulness, got to do it. And, you know, if you're like most people, and most achievers that I know, um, a lot of them are kind of going, oh, no, I can't do that, because when I sit down, my mind is too busy. And actually, that's a good thing, because once you're aware that your mind is busy, that's actually step one. <laughs> but but a lot of people stop at that point or they'll do a six week course or an online thing and they go, oh, this is quite good. And, and it's good for the, the length of time that they do it. But because they look at it more like an aspirin, they don't really stay with it. And they don't really get the fact that it's not so much about the, about the act, it's the way of being. And the way of being leads to a state that is more meditative, meditative as opposed to meditation. You know, so our mind being mindful genuinely with no effort um, as opposed to an effort based mindfulness. I don't know if that makes any sense. So <clears throat> what's coming to mind for me now is, you know, a client where, and I've seen this before, where they were getting themselves very worked up about having to exercise and having to do a certain type of diet, diet. But they were really stressing themselves out about this diet and this exercise routine. Now they had got serious results. They got into great shape. On the outside, they looked like really healthy and everything else. But in conversation with me and this person would be seen as a high achiever um and so on the outside looking in wow great shape great body great attitude great diet da, 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 da. but inside a stress ball and actually that was being manifested as ulcers uh, in their stomach because it was part of the fact that they just had this huge tension in their body and part of actually was created by this 
exercise or approach to exercise in the diet, but also part of it was to do with their mindset in general towards having to almost almost like OCD and everything that they committed to that they had to do it a certain way. It's almost like striving for perfection as opposed to just progress or a way of being. And they had in their mind, the story was, well, until I'm X weight and I'm X body fat, I'm not going to be right. I'm not going to be uh, successful for want of a better word. But there was a massive shift in them when they saw that the story that they were telling themselves, their inner voice, was actually causing this stress, massive stress. So actually, this positive thing had become this problem. And when they saw that, then it, it, it allowed them to kind of have a, what I would call a mind shift, where they kind of had a, a, had a realization which helped more clarity. And now they are still in great shape, still have a, a good moderate diet, but it's very healthy, but it's become a way of life. It's just a way of being. It's not this effort thing that they have to do. So when the person was talking to me about, I know I should be meditating, that's similar because it's like this thing I have to do. And now when you're not doing it, what usually happens is your your mind or your inner voice will go, well, that's another thing now that you're not doing, so I'm going to beat you up about that. And you're creating this thing which actually builds tension, which actually knocks you out of the flow, the natural state that we actually are born into. So <clears throat> most people do dip their toe in the water with mindfulness meditation if they're interested in it, but they don't really stay with it. And then if they do stay with it, very often what happens is they kind of bring in that level of, you know, well, something's supposed to be happening. I need to, you know, I need to keep going with this a certain way. Just, they're trying to get something out of it as opposed to just doing it for its own sake. So I'll say that again. They're trying to get something out of it as opposed to just doing it for its own sake. Doing it for its own sake is just a way of being. So for me, you know, I, I definitely was like that where I kind of felt it was something I had to do. But my breakthrough on it round came when I, when I realized, oh, um, my inner voice has kind of has made a problem out of this because it, I, I'm using it as a way to kind of even climb a ladder that I said, well, I, I got to be at this level and that level. And that was causing me a problem, which actually was knocking my performance even in that space. So now I meditate. Some days I meditate, some days I don't. What I'm more focused on is my sense of clarity in my mind, my sense of centeredness. And when I do meditate, uh, some days my mind is really busy, other days it's not. But my main sense when I do it is um, just to do it, but to enjoy it. I, it's, it's a time to connect with that deeper part of me, my deeper source, whatever way you want to call it. Um, but it's also a good discipline, to be fair, because you're, some days you'll see your mind is like full of thought, full of clouds. There's no evidence of clarity or the sun. And you show up regardless. So... <clears throat> But one day it did dawn on me that I, I was doing it because I felt I had to, not because I genuinely wanted to or enjoyed it or knew that it brought me in touch with that deeper sense of myself. And in, in its purest form, um, it helps you to connect with a clear mind that is inside everybody, which brings you more into your true nature. And, and in that sense, you know, when you're like peak performance lives in the zone of a calm, clear mind. Peak performance lives in the zone of a calm, clear mind. So why wouldn't you do something that actually allows that to happen? But when you take the effort away, your mind naturally becomes meditative, present, clear, centered. And out of that comes things like clarity and confidence and creativity. So um, if you are somebody who's interested in meditation and mindfulness, what's your reason for doing it? Like, what are you telling yourself about it? Is it that I, well, I want to be more successful and that's why I need to do it? You just need to be careful with that because you might be creating a standard expectation that actually is going to block you from the benefits of being meditative. Right? It's a very subtle, very subtle thing.
Are you somebody who, you know, thinks, well, that's just not for me? Fine. I, I wouldn't sweat it. I mean, if it isn't your thing, don't sweat it, please. Like, to that person, well, I know you should be meditating. No. D -d -d why? I know somebody like Aaron Schwarzenegger. remember years ago hearing him say that he had studied transcendental meditation, which I've studied myself. I've studied different types of meditation. I practice different types of meditation. And I run and do different types of meditation with my clients. Um, so, you know, they'll also evaluate it, but a lot of them don't always understand maybe the true value of it. You know, that again, I think a lot of them treat it as an aspirin as opposed to a way of being, a way to actually reduce the headaches that might come. So I think if, if meditation and mindfulness is your thing, just check and see what story you're telling yourself also. Like, do you have to do it or do you want to do it? If it isn't your thing, don't sweat it. But find something that allows you to cultivate that, that natural sense of source or clarity within you. Uh, the most important thing, though, is not to bring any sort of inner interference, which leads to tension around it. So I will stand over this, though, you know, so you feel free to send me a note or a question if you want. But mindfulness and meditation are just aspirin for many. Now, aspirin, again, has a use, as I say, but it's not really getting down to the cause. So hopefully you're getting some food for thought out of this. But even today, if there was one thing that you could do to kind of relax your mind, what would it be? Would it be really listening to somebody in a conversation? Like I'm, I'm talking like deep black belt listening is what I call it, where there's no agenda in my mind. Could you go outside and really look at nature or be with nature, pay attention to your senses? Uh, if you're having a chat with a friend, really taste the coffee, really hear what they're saying, feel them as opposed to really waiting to, to say what you're thinking about what they're saying. And that could apply to any meeting. You know, because the meditative approach is all about deep presence, deep presence in the moment. And you can get there through many, many, many means. As I say, I know many people who don't meditate, don't do mindfulness, but yet are meditative or very mindful as people. So if that's you, just cultivate it. Because the Western world in particular, I think is designed, or the way that it is certainly is with technology and interruption and all these different, uh, like the, the addictions of our phones and even our thinking is addictive. So today, even the next hour, what one thing can you do to bring a sense of calm or clarity to yourself? What works for you? Anyway, that's food for thought for this week. Um, see you at the next episode. Bye-bye.